Instrumental Transcommunication. It was devised by Professor Ernst Senkowski, a German professor of physics. Um, when, the, when the contacts extrapolated from the voices and became also visual and computer texts and, and so on. But it is, what it is indeed, it's contacts, apparently with another dimension of life through electronic means, yeah, electronic means. And these contacts can be, as I said, voices, which is my field, the voices, or computer texts, spontaneous in many instances, otherwise, otherwise upon request by the operators, uh, and um, and visual, I mean, through through a feedback method, which is rather complicated to. It's not complicated, but it's written everywhere. If you search for the Schreiber method, it's you focus a video camera on the screen of a computer or a TV. Better a co computer, it's easier, and it reflects what the video camera is catching, and then the video camera cap captures it again and again transmits it. And through these uh, spots are formed, and in some of, the, of these spots, um, it's called, the, as I said, the Schreiber, Klaus Schreiber was the operator in Germany, deceased many years ago, who, who started this method, this method, uh, instructed by his deceased daughter, Karine. But uh, I myself have used it and had also had results. There are other ways, but it's, th these are the classical ones, let's put it this way, yeah? Then there are the water and the steam and so on. I, I don't know those those methods. I've not not practiced them, but the Schreiber method, yes, as it is written in my books, I have done it, and I had images. Although, because I had at the time so many voices, so plentiful, that I I really decided to leave the images because it's a very time-consuming method you have to see frame by frame and this you can you can film i think it's 1500 frames in one minute so if, you see if you have to watch one by one giving it proper view this takes a long time so i decided to to devote myself and all my capacity of work and of, of um, listening to the voices and to the information they conveyed about the next dimension of life, what, what they say, it's the next dimension of life. And I left the images 
didn't continue experimenting with the images, but many people do, and they have results. Anyway, so this is what it is. It's instrumental trans communication, is instrumental through instruments, of course, but electronic instruments, because if we go instruments, also the Ouija, Ouija boards are also an instrument and so on, isn't it? This is not what ITC is, and I told Professor Senkowski this, and he agreed, but he said, well, at the time I didn't um, think about it. I would prefer electronic transcommunication, you see, because that's what it is. But anyway, it has been now uh, taken as ITC and it will be ITC. Absolutely. So how long has ITC been used as a method of, of communication for what we'd call the other side or the other dimension? Ex exactly. Since Friedrich Jurgensen, who recorded the first voices in 1959, 12th of June. And since then, then there was Dr. Konstantin Raudive, whom you probably have heard of. Breakthrough, I must have it here. One moment, because I wrote the preface to this book. Here it is, it's the newest edition, see? Yeah? I recognize the cover. Uh, yeah, so this is a huge book, but excellent, excellent. It's, it's really the, the analysis of a scientist that he was, of the discipline that he practiced, and in which he obtained results, Konstantin Raudive. And um, that's how it started with Friedrich Jurgensen, followed by uh, his disciple, Konstantin Raudive, and then many others, until it reached its peak with the couple Maggie and Jules Harschfischbach in Luxembourg. And then Adolf Holmes, the German uh, operator in Germany, who exceptionally obtained over 300 computer texts with all kinds of, of information, all kinds about, well, existential matters, all kinds of information, whatever you think of, it's there in Adolf Holmes. Um, computer texts, 300, around 300. Some information conveyed through the computer texts was upon request by Professor Senkowski, who also, who also, sorry, who also lived in Germany. Others appeared spontaneously on his computer screen. And, um, and then we have well, in the 1970s, Marcello Bacci with the direct radio voices, yes. Only direct radio voices, like me. Although I started by the images and obtained some, but I could continue. Only because I didn't have the time. Not that I didn't like it. Or, no, no, but it needs such a great amount of time. And I was working at the time. Uh, and I could do it. I could do both. I had to decide between Absolutely. the images and mm. 
And so I decided for the voices because I wanted to apprehend the information, which I did from the next, next dimension. And mine are also like Bachi's voices, the direct radio voices. I mean, my co communicators speak to me and there are many voices that I received from a station that they called Rio do Tempo, time stream, which corresponds to the time stream in Luxembourg. That's how they called the, their station in Luxembourg here. They called it Rio do Tempo, which is the same thing, but translated into, into Portuguese. So mine were the direct radio voices, many, 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 many voices. And I used to, to ask questions and they would reply to me. Not always, sometimes they said, we cannot, we're not allowed to reply to that or, or whatever, I can't remember now, but um, often they did, often they did. And in my books, that have, I have published on the subject of ITC. Many of this uh, information, many of this information is published. And in one of these books, I think it's the last one, uh, Glimpses of Another World, Impressions and Reflections of an EVP Operator. I compare my information my, I mean, the information I received to the information received by the most reputable ITC operators, and they are the Harschfischbach in Luxembourg and Adolf Holmes in Germany. So, and there is a correspondence, it matches. This is very important, of course. And that, that's just in a few words to say what the main results are. Absolutely. So how does one go about setting up an experiment with ITC or with um, EVP as, as you focus on, which is electronic voice phenomenon? Exactly. If you start, you always start by setting up an, an experiment for EVP. You, you really, for radio direct radio voices it depends mostly on the communicators if they can communicate with you through the direct radio in many cases they cannot because your whatever personality um, thoughts ideas ideas do, do not match theirs those that are communicating this is important, this um, resonance, this affinity, yeah? So you set up an experiment for EVP, and then the direct radio voices come, or they don't come ever, see? By providing a source of um, noise, I always used radios for my experiments. Radius tuned uh, and, uh, in, in frequencies where a human voice was never um, audible, yeah? 
no radio emissions. Otherwise, it's a big confusion. Some people do use radio emissions. I, I do not. I never did. And so, and as a matter of fact, my radios were tuned in um, frequencies for reserved for the state use where no voices can enter. No radio ham, no voices, only emergency situations, earthquakes and so on. These are the frequencies for uh, state use only. So you, as I said, you can use any type of noise you want for EVP experiments. Uh, let's say water noise. Some people like to put running water noise. I have done it also. The wind, if it's not too strong, if it is too strong, it gets into the microphone. Um, traffic noise, if, if, if it's not too loud, if it's a bus. You can record EVP without any background noise. But it's not so easily obtained the voices without in, in, in total silence. Because, because, as the communicators have said, they manipulate the available noise and transform it into a kind, I underline a kind of human voice. It's not human because it's not human, mm -hmm. obviously. Because it's made as an artifact of, of the sound that's in the exactly, background. Exactly. It's, it's exactly that. And so you, you, I always used radios tuned in um, shortwave. Yeah, shortwave. No, as I said, no voices ever. No human voices ever. And, uh, and then we go back to the EVP experiment. But if you want to use, if you want to use other sources of noise, of course you can. But then you will not uh, expect or hope for direct radio voices, because as the word says, direct radio is through a radio, isn't it? Uh, and then you sit there in silence, a quiet place, where you can take note and, and write down on a writing pad or wherever you want, or a, an electronic device, every noise that during your experiment happened, like the door, somebody knocked the door or the dog barked or television is in the other room. That's not advisable, of course, because the television has human voices. Then you sit there and you address your invisible communicators with uh, respect, with um, an open heart, with, um, I don't like the word because it's so, it has been so misused, but with good vibrations in, in inside ones, you know. And, uh, and you are there in silence, you make one question, you wait one or two minutes, you make another one, another one or two minutes, taking note of all the noises that were produced in the environment. And then another one, five or six is enough or plenty. And then you finish the, ex the experiment, you thank the communicators. And uh, as, as 
exactly as if you were speaking to a person that you were seeing, that you were looking at. And uh, thank them, and that's it. And then when you can, and your, your head is quiet and in a quiet environment also, you listen to the session, to what you recorded. Of course, you are recording while you are doing this. Of course, you are recording. Then you listen very carefully. It's true that my voices were very loud always from the beginning. And there were knocks like this that were not produced, but they appeared recorded. Like that, before the voices, usually. And, uh, and if one day, suddenly, as it happened to me, one of those radios, which is tuned in frequencies where there is no human voice, starts replying to you, you normally ask questions. Of course, you, you say, is there someone who would like to speak with me? Or you, you may address, I don't know, for example, your grandfather or your father, it depends, or somebody whom you like and you would like to, I ask for the protection of my father or my brother or my dog, if you like him very much as I do. And, uh, and, and then you are there. And then suddenly a voice replies to you and addresses you and calls your name. And then these are the direct radio voices. That's what happened to me. And since then, which happened, I started in January 1998. And on the 11th of March 1998, the direct radio voices started and they never stopped really. So. Perfect. So many people, especially of the the upcoming generations, maybe my age, slightly older and below, their first encounters with EVPs are most likely going to be from television shows or YouTube dramas, which which are very unrecommended. Exactly, yeah. and even those that seem genuine, of course, with television and the internet, you can never tell which are genuine or not. They often come across as somebody who records the sound it's a very vague crackly voice at best and then an interpretation of what that is saying and it's often a big stretch to say what you're hearing is what you think yeah, you're hearing so, oh, I know all that, yeah so yeah, what, what, exactly. you're absolutely right so what is the difference yeah. between that kind of evp and the genuine scientific research into itc and evp it is that those supposed EVPs, uh, most of the times are nothing of the sort. They are pure pareidolia, which is means delusions, isn't it? Yes, the human uh, intention or the human um, ability yeah, to see something in nothing. Projects, mm -hmm. yeah. projects meaning and so yeah. in, okay. We see patterns. Ghost hunting uh, programs are totally unrecommendable because exactly because there is this um, it, it's sometimes it's cheating on the spectators other times it just it's just what I said pareidolia 
uh, you know, not all. We must remember yeah, that these not, programs are designed as entertainment, not as research. Designed as entertainment, and it should not be entertainment, of course. And then voice, real voices, you can, for instance, listen to them in my website. Those are voices without any sound manipulation whatsoever. It's their original. I put original. When I write original under one of those voices, it is original. I didn't do denoising or noise cleaning or nothing. It is the original. And so I have many examples there. Um, www.itcjournal.org. Org. O-R-G, org, organization. O-R-G, exactly, O-R-G. Here in Spain, it's a big confusion. They don't speak any English normally at all, so you get all mixed up if you want to to, to say the, the things correctly. So there I have many examples of very good voices, very loud, very clear. And in the original, I mean, they were not uh, processed, voice clean, mm. nothing, or equalized, nothing. Because when I write original, it is original, as I recorded it, yeah? Many in the scientific field outside of what they would consider paranormal phenomena or parapsychology would consider anything parapsychological including itc to be as they would say pseudoscientific and and um not genuine i suppose not or not genuinely indicative of some world beyond ours outside of coincidence or fraud or etc etc what would you say to that kind of assessment uh, i i will say that i have done experiments published in a peer reviewed uh, scientific journal, Neuroquantology, where, where I and other operators that I invited to take part in the experiments obtained voices. And this is under totally controlled conditions, uh, acoustically and electromagnetically shielded um, laboratory, in this case, a, a lab in a university, and uh, with a sound, a sound engineer who was, is now retired, he's British, Philip Newell. And when, when he used to live very near me, but he went back to, to the United Kingdom, Philip, and he was the top, I mean, the top uh, sound engineer in the world, you know, Philip Newell. And he was there supervising the experiments. And we obtained voices. And I published this report. It was a two-year investigation uh, in neuroquantology. And uh, also said that these voices, these recordings are available for anybody who wants to analyze any, any scientist or non-scientist who wants to analyze and to check it. 
Do you think that one wrote to me asking for a sample? Not one. Not one wrote to me. Why they are not interested? This is the main cause. Why are not they? Because they are not interested. It's the paradigm. And they don't want to break the paradigm. Because the paradigm is their source of living. Very true, which is a shame because when science is equated to that paradigm, it, science should exactly. be the process, not not the paradigm. It's the process of discovery. The truth. Yeah. That's what yeah. science is. No, most of them are not interested in the truth. They are only interested in, in prolonging their own ideas about the truth, which is different, not in exploring the truth. Indeed. So, or the evidence. Yes. Put it this yes, way. absolutely. So, so, what kind of messages have you received um, yourself through your own experimentation? How so? The, from the accuracy, the, the the quality of the sound. What what kind of messages have you had through during your experiments? Many messages about what you you tell me. I will reply because so, yeah. Yes, but, so I suppose those that. As kind of someone of a scientific mindset myself, I'd be looking for messages that are evidential, you know, that, that show some form of evidence that they are genuinely from the other side. So what kind of messages would you say have you had that have been especially um, impressive evidentially for you? As I said, these experiments, a two-year two investigation of the anomalous electronic voices or EVP which was done throughout two years in, in um, a university acoustic lab and which uh, yielded results. So this, you can't, you can't hope for much more than this because one thing is my voice is in my studio in this house. Another thing is the voices we obtained in a, an acoustic uh, Acoustically shielded, electromagnetically shielded um, environment at a university supervised by perhaps at the time the best sound engineer in, in Europe, Philip Newell. What else do you mm -hmm. want? So to the, see? the fact that voices have been produced when in, in a situation yes. where no voices should be produced to begin with. At all, yes. exactly. And I suppose exactly. if, if they are meaningful messages as well, that adds to the evidential value in and of itself. Exactly. If you get into, into neuroquantology, I think the year, the year, the issue is September. I remember, I think the year is 2010. I'm not sure. But I, I'm not sure if it's 10 or 2012. I know, 12, because some journalist interviewed me to commemorate the publication of that study. Just a couple of months ago, he interviewed me. You, you will see they are all meaningful. Why? Because they all um, correspond, match my, my or the other operators, observations or commentaries because we did there what I do in here at my studio in my house, which is what I described to you for the EVPs. So we did it this way. Philip Newell controlled all the 
or the devices or the or the environment there were there were no, there were no extraneous sounds at all nobody said a word whatsoever and uh, and the voices i mean the content that's what you are mm. speaking mm. of the content um, matches what in this case i or another operator spoke into the air, into the air, but to invisible communicators. Yes. They replied to the question. Mm. So the content was, that, was related to what was asked of them. Exactly. Yeah. These are the good EVPs. It has to be like that. Yes. Not just nonsensical yes. words. Well, you know, because no, it was related. To the point that one of the operators, which who is here, who, who is from here in Spain, that I invited because I had been invited to, to direct this study, one of the operators addressed a message. It's very interesting. To his to his deceased dog, whose name I forgot, but it's in the recording. And three barks appeared. He asked there for for um, uh, for some sign of um, uh, that she lives, that she had survived the the physical death, or that she was well. I don't remember what he asked, but it was in this in this field. Uh, 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 he said. Just a sign of consolation, he said, something like this, to, for my grief. And there were these three barks, you know? Hmm. So I wonder, it seems interesting that um, the, the species, I suppose, even of, of, the, of the person that passed over seems to retain that kind of language that they, I mean, it, it may be it, uh, the dog gave through the bark so that the person knew it was the dog but it is if for instance you're trying to contact someone spanish will they always reply in spanish do they kind of re retain the language and the the language that they had before they died or uh, no normally they do normally they do N normally they reply in the language of the operator or or as it happened with um, Friedrich Jorgensen, who spoke six languages, uh, this was the very first beginning. There were no EVP before Friedrich Jorgensen. Yes, there were Attila von Sley in the United States, but sporadic, sporadic, few words recorded, recorded in a mediumistic um, session, uh, wasn't it? Uh, but uh, Jorgensen spoke several languages. Then his voices, you, you, I have them and have listened to them many times. Sometimes have different, although he was Swedish, born in, born in Odessa, Russia, but in um, New Italian, English, German, something else, I don't remember, Russian, yeah. Uh, so there were a couple of words, let's say in Swedish, then another word in in Russian, then another word in German, 
and so on that he could understand. And that together made sense. And Jorgensen very brilliantly said, this is one of the, the ways that my communicators have to prove that they are not a normal radio emission. Because who would think of a radio emission? He was the first to receive direct radio voices. Who would think of a radio emission uh, with one word in Russian, yeah. two in German, yeah. one in English, another one in Italian? Yes? No, nobody. No radio emission would do that. This is my little cat. And if she and if she gets into the computer, oh, yes, I, I love cats. I, unfortunately, I'm allergic to them, but I've always loved cats. I love all animals. I've got She's my, Cleopatra. Um, Cleopatra, bless her. I've got yeah. little um, little Cody, my little dog. We uh, we lost. Yeah. We had we had two miniature schnauzers, but we lost them both a couple of years ago on the same day. And uh, I actually got. Oh my goodness! It was difficult. Why you know. an accident? No, an accident? Uh, just coincidental timing. Ty, who was the oldest, had kidney failure, and we knew he was approaching the end. Yeah. Um, we took our yeah. second dog, Omi, to the vets to get his teeth cleaned. And coincidentally, they, they came back that day and said he's, his liver's riddled with tumours, and he's, he's really struggling. So we, we had to make that decision to put them down together, which was the way they would have, you know, they, if they'd have, if one had gone and the other had survived, the survivor would have They've been in terrible grief. They'd always been together. So they, yes. they went together, which is, that which was, is nice. That's a very interesting situation mm. that you are telling mm. me. But, because yeah. it must be connected. Yeah. They they wanted it that way. Mm. And the universe mm. allowed them. Everything was absolutely was absolutely perfect. And and after that, I had Wonderful. I had communications from them, which is the first time I've ever had communications. Um, I my favourite animal has always been the fox. I've always loved foxes, and I'm writing a book about them actually at the moment. And um, where we lived, we'd lived in the same place for 25 years. I've never seen a fox. And yeah. I remember after Ty and Omi had died, our two dogs had died. I said to them, because I was I was doing the research that I'm doing at the moment, and I said to them, if you're able, send me a fox, because you know I've never Very seen good. them. I after that I'd, I saw three foxes in four weeks. My goodness! Just around yes. the local Wonderful. area. Never seen them in twenty five years before. Yeah, and I thought very okay, good, that, very interesting indeed. And that was nice to know that they are still there to some degree. Very good. Mm. How do you address them through EVP? No, I, I just spoke to them as, as I do now, oh, mentally. Just, just mentally, mentally. yeah, and just say, yeah. Oh yeah. They, they perceive it, of course. They. Yes, which is interesting because yeah. as well, going back to the EVP and general communication, um, many people would think that wouldn't be possible because talking to dogs, dogs don't have the ability to understand what you're saying to them, at least complex language. They do. They, do. they have telepathic understanding, yes. And my dog, Nisha, my Nisha, Doberman, my Nisha... Mm -hmm replied to me I, I adore Doberman I just they're lovely adore dogs. they're lovely dogs I, I adore them I don't like anybody more than my dogs to say the truth but Nisha spoke to me with a human voice it's also in my website and original 
This was through EVP. Through EVP? No, through direct radio. Oh, direct radio. Mm -hmm. Direct radio. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm. So Wonderful. I why... How else? But just, just let me say this. How else could she communicate with me acoustically? If I if if I don't understand her barking, she could have told me this in a barking, but I don't understand it. So she used human language. Cleo, she's going to break this connection completely. <laughs> you see, she yeah. she has done it. Cleo, let's go. <laughs> We're still here. Yeah, you are, but uh, I can't see oh, you. The, Maybe the, we closed the window. She closed the window. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, Nick Kelly. No, Nick Nick Kelly. Zoom. No, that's this one. There yes. we go. <laughs> so, so Lisa replied to me, and it was kind of a long sentence. But before that, before that, my communicators from the station Rio do Tempo had already told me that she had learned to communicate through the radio and that she wanted to speak with me. They told me anonymous voices as they sometimes are. And then that day suddenly this happened. And it is most incredible thing. Wonderful. But you, you are right because I mean, thoughts are perceived in the next dimension as if they were words. In this dimension of written messages, yeah. Mm, mm. Wait. That's quite curious as to why um, the researcher that you mentioned earlier, who got a communication from his dog, got it through as barks on the um, direct radio communication. Yeah, three barks. Three yeah. barks. So I wonder why so, he received them as barks rather than as you did, as as understandable words. Because my this colleague of mine never received direct radio voices, only EVP. And these parts were through EVP also. At the university, it was, at the acoustic lab of the university. But we only, we didn't, at the uni university, only in one instance, there was a direct radio voice because I had taken a small, radio which occasionally could be tuned one of the experiments and there there was a direct radio voice but the rest was all, always with the instruments of the university and there were no radios you know there was nothing really there were only the recorders of very high quality of course they are the school of engineering and uh, and the, the replies were all EVPs that we got there at university. And uh, for this operator, whom I know well, it was the three barks were in EVP form because we could only hear them when we rewound the 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 recording, you know. Yes, and played which it back. Was a, Played it back, yes. When we, uh, it was a very sophistic sophisticated recorder that belonged belonged and belongs, I suppose. Now it, it must have more modern ones to the university. 
not my devices at all, no. And to me, Nisha, she replied here in my studio through the radio. I was already receiving direct radio voices. The different situation also. I did not address Nisha at uh, or any of my other dogs at during these experiments, but this this friend of mine he did. He addressed this his dog, his deceased female dog, and and there were these three barks. Give me. Give me a sign that you leave or something. I, I can't remember, but it is in the report. And it, it was very good, I think. But different situation from mine. Because then after Nisha, I have received um, direct and EVP voices, both, from many of my dogs. The, the Dobbin were, were my, my dogs, my dogs. All the others were abandoned dogs that I recovered, that I sheltered at my house and recovered. But from those also, I have received not messages like Nisha, no. Nisha is a long message, but their names, saying their names. I am so, one of them was so. He appears maybe in 50 recordings. I am so, I am a dog, he says. I think, he also says, you know? So, I am a dog, I think, says so. Who was a dog whom I found dying of hunger on a road? Called him so, because I had to build a special, special enclosure for him, separated from the Doberman, of course. <laughs> Anybody who knows a dog or no, will understand this. And so, saw, which means alone, alone, was called saw because he was alone. And he spoke so many times. And, um, well, with these things short, but it's very interesting. It's such a long story. I have much less energy these days because the, year, the years go by. And before I was an extremely energetic person. I, I, I still am, but not in the same proportion as I was before. And this ITC works, work demands a lot of energy from you. As I think, this is my thought, and I'm not reproducing anybody's opinion, my own. Not even corroborated by my communicators. My communicators have said that the well, let's call it vibrations. It's a bad word because it has been so been misused by, yes. yeah, by new age things, right, and so on. But they said the vibrations of the operator and the communicators have to, to match, to correspond. But uh, I think, I personally think that these messages, especially the direct radio voices, are very... Um, connected also to the earth operator's energy. Yeah. This is what uh, Wilhelm Freitsch called the uh, organ energy. Is it yes, it? Organ, organ energy, yeah. Yes, I think it's very much connected to this. So if you kind of 
this I, I do not know the process at all. Well, I'm not a physicist, although I wish I were, but I am not. But certainly, if it is kind of a, a life force in a way, your organ energy, isn't it? Of course, with the years, it will get subdued. It will get um, less strong, less intense. Mm -hmm. And I think that is related to the, because at the beginning, at the beginning and for many years, not now, my voice is, this is a very big house, my, my house, and I have a huge house, a huge garden, sorry, 3,000 square meters. So the voices were here, produced in a small room, which I made into a studio in the back of my house. I am now in the front. Uh, above the garden and they could be heard at the end of the garden. They were so strong. Sometimes when I passed them from my recorder into my computer, I had to lower them. Otherwise they would be unbearable, you see? So I, very strong. I think this is connected. I think, but this is my opinion, not, not there. Never ask them this. I suppose it is, but I'm not sure. It's related to this life force uh, capacity, and which which with the years must must become less obviously. Otherwise, how, how could you know? It's the natural process of life here in this world, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, so what what kind of what kind of descriptions do you have or have you and other researchers received that talk about the nature of of life over on the other so after our physical death the environments the ways they work that kind of yeah thing. yeah many descriptions like uh, although in a, a strange semantic ways which are characteristic of these ITC communications. For instance, one of them just says, oh, we have another word, world, world, not word, world. We are in an, we, are, we have another way. And I said, one, another way for what? For, and then they replied, I do not remember the words, but I know the content. Said another values, other values. Said uh, which kind of values? Our values? I said no, different values. They they asked, they replied, which are of course ethical, um, of a different kind. We have another world. We have another way, another way, and so many and so many replies by other words, in this sense. And um, so they have said that the essence, that's what you asked, isn't it, of life, is spiritual. But we here in the earth are not aware of it. We think that it is physical, but it is not. The physical, the phys the physical form is just an instrument, yeah, here. 
So, because the real nature is transcendental, it is spiritual, that's what they said. Among other things, many. Yes, I can imagine because I imagine a lot of people will think coming at this without that understanding will we'll come at it thinking, well, how can we exist after we die and see without eyes, hear without ears, exist at all without a brain working? Now, that's how most people would think. So, how would you describe what what you understand about that? It's that uh, I mean that. The brain does not produce consciousness, does it? No. The brain does not produce consciousness. And all beings in this world, plants, minerals also, I suppose, never asked about this, but I asked about the other ones, uh, possess consciousness. Consciousness is... There is no life if there is no consciousness. But it's not the brain. The brain, again, is an instrument for that consciousness to manifest. So, trees have another brain, like Stefano Mancuso, the professor of um, plant neuro neurology at the University of Florence. She's the most important research unit unit on plant neurology, uh, demonstrated um, and published in a beautiful, very understandable book, uh, Brilliant Green. They have consciousness. And they apparently they have no brain, certainly not a, a brain like the human brain, or the dog's brain, or the chicken's brain, yeah? Or the bee's brain, it's, it's, but they have consciousness. And they could communicate among themselves, yeah, trees and plants, every kinds of plants, insects and so on. So this is the the, the premise is, is wrong. How do you communicate without without a brain? You you know that I can't remember the word now, but these children and not children who have lived without an empty, without a brain. It, it, yes. it draws, hydrocephalus. Hydrocephaly, yeah. Yeah, and they had no brain. And they still could do everything. Mm -hmm. They still could, they could live, live and, properly and, and be conscious. Yeah. So that's just a uh, primary. Mm -hmm. uh, is there? Yeah. Do you have another one? Hello. Yeah, this is Cody. Oh. Hello, this is, uh, the show what is it? Oh, he's, uh, he's two. He's a little miniature schnauzer. He's two across Spain. Yeah, but they have a lot of they have a lot of characters, don't they? They do. They certainly do. You do, don't you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, doggy. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't like being picked oh, up. Yeah. Oh yes, of course. They are very. Oh, all animals, non-human, are so pure. They are very much so. Mm. I've always said. And, uh, what, I've always said we can learn a yeah. lot more from animals than we can from other people. Absolutely, exactly, exactly. Even from scientists, mm. certainly from. Scientists. Well, from from scientists and from schools, we can learn how to live as humans, but from animals, uh, we can learn how to live as life. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. One of the teachings that were conveyed at Luxembourg to these exceptional operators, who as a matter of fact were only the recipients of the of what the next world instructed them to do. If you read them, um, Maggie Harsh-Fischbach and Dr. Theo Locher, who was the president of the Swiss Parapsychology Foundation, who witnessed the contact. Uh, she was just a, a school teacher in Luxembourg. And uh, they had, they had um, messages from the highest beings, among them one being of a different nature as it, it, I will, I will say it without gender, itself defined, I mean, said that it was, yet I was never a human, I was never an animal, I have never been incarnated. I am a spiritual being of a different nature. So they called him the technicians because he told them how to set up the, the devices to receive these extraordinary contacts. And, and one of the things he said there in Luxembourg was a pure mind and a pure heart are an important requisite to receive our contacts. Yes? He didn't, he didn't say the only requisite. He said, or it said, an important requisite to receive our contacts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it seems a lot of um, communications, spontaneous or or triggered via EVP or, or whatever else, seem to be reliant on being open to them, certainly. Exactly. Also, of course, of course, of course, Darren. Yeah, certainly. O of course. Otherwise, you meet a wall, isn't it? These thoughts, which through the, the, the radio are transformed into human-sounding words, they hit a hit a wall, isn't it? Um, you know, I know what you mean. So, yeah, uh, yeah there has to be this um, channel, this open channel, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you think eventually um, modern science will catch up to accept these phenomena and, and begin to discover how the other side so. works? I, I think so. How long it will take, I do not know. But I think so. And indeed, the, the, the ITC communicators in Luxembourg, again, I come back to Luxembourg because they were the top of these contacts, said, the communicator said, uh, quantum, quantum physics will discover our world. Yeah. And so it, and they also said science will, will, I mean, we'll reach our world one day. They didn't say what, when, that's true. But, but one, one day. day. Something yeah. that's, that's been in a lot of people's minds recently has been um, the question of UFOs and, and extraterrestrials. Have you ever had any hints regarding the existence of other, other forms of life, I suppose? 
As a matter of fact, I did not. Because I, also I never asked. I never asked about that. Because that was not my interest. My interest was really to understand a little bit better their world and their dimension. Beyond yes. time, as they told me. We are from another dimension. We are from beyond time. These were the exact words. So, uh, no, I did not ask about UFOs. So I, I don't know. But I suppose, that, oh, of course, as there are... However, in Luxembourg, they, they said, in our world, their dimension, whatever you want to call it, level, for instance, we have beings from, from other worlds, not only from the Earth, from other worlds who transited into that, into that uh, new dimension. So, yeah, that's very possible, very probable. Why mm. not? Mm. So do you think... But to me, no. No. Yes, sorry. So do, do you think that um, if the wider population were to understand these lessons from ITC and from communications of the other side, that there would be kind of a general relief from the fear of death and the fear of the unknown. That's what uh, Friedrich Jorgensen aimed at. It was that situation to free humanity from that fear, which in itself is so, is so, how do I say, it causes so many problems. It's very restrictive, it? so yes. Yeah. Restrictive and, yeah. causes many difficulties, mm. many um, handicaps, mm. many. Mm. Yes. It's very detrimental uh, to well-being. Exactly, mm. very, very. But uh, I, I think so. But perhaps not fully. It depends on the on the person also, because there is there are people that will. Even if they are sure of this, they are certain of this reality or side, this side of reality, let's put it in a more, in a better way, this perspective of reality, which is this next dimension, they will still not be able to overcome the vision of that. Mm. Yes, which and, is a and, corpse. And I would also you fear know. what those who are of orthodox religious views would, would think about these communications. If they were to know they were genuine, they would think possibly that it's from the devil or it's an illusion and that yes, it's visions well, of hell, etc. And those things, exactly. Those all invented things by humans. Ask a dog and they will not be afraid of hell, you know. doesn't even know what it is because it doesn't exist. <laughs> what perhaps exists, and I'm sure it does, are different in this next dimension, different levels of life. Not all correspond to this or belong better to this um, higher level. Some are still in a lower level, although they are in the next dimension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not really a concept very different from as we understand life here. Many people will live on different levels in different situations here as well. And even 
here also people who live in different mental levels, for instance, exactly. also mm. consciousness levels. But I think in the next world, next dimension, in 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 a way that is more, uh, how do I say, more striking, perhaps, because <clears throat> here it's all mixed up, isn't it? Your neighbor can be, your neighbor can yeah. be a murderer or a, a dog murderer or a human murderer, whatever. And, and you still, you deal with him. You cross him on the street every day. Mm. He's so, near yeah. you. So, so over there, it's more, the levels are more localized. Yeah. It's separated, yes. That they, they have told me, myself, mm. personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how how has your work influenced your own fears and thoughts on death? And do you do you look forward oh, to to transferring over? I do, just like Friedrich Jürgens, he looked forward to it, but he stayed until the last moment. Although he was very very ill with a heart condition, he never wanted treatment. Treatment, he said, well, no, I don't need that. I'm curious, he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. And so he died. I have a great admiration and love for Friedrich Jürgensen. I'm going to show you the only one of his books that is translated, but you can download it free from the internet. I got this. I have it in a plastic bag because I don't want it to be spoiled. Uh, I, I, I adore it, but um, so it is here. Voice Transmissions with the Deceased, which was published by the Jurgensen, can you see? Mm -hmm. yeah. By the yeah. Jurgensen Foundation. And it's a wonderful book, the only one that was uh, translated in, into English. I even knew one of these translators whom I met in the United States. George uh, Wise, here he is. It was published um, in 2004, if I, if I, yeah, Stockholm, 2004, uh, by the Jurgensen Foundation. But you download it from the internet. It's an invaluable book, wonderful. Voice trans transmissions read the deceased. So the, I am in a similar position. position. And it comes, it, it comes. To Jurgens and it came when he was sleeping. Which is the best, the per, most perfect solution. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and then there are other stories that I told Professor Senkowski in Luxembourg about after he died. They, it, this I being said, he was one of us. He came back home. Now he's sleeping in the next world. And then they said he will transit into the fifth dimension, not the third, as our communicators are, but he is obviously a, a very high, high, I mean, spiritually oriented, I level being, you know, this Friedrich Jürgensen. There will be others. Have you ever thought about what you would want to do once you once you cross over onto the other side? 
what if from what i know there is different mm. activities and work people can still do over there i don't know much about it but have you ever had thoughts about that i i want to rest <laughs> to rest first please please to rest it's difficult so over here mm. i'm so tired all the time with the, i'm the president of um uh an animal shelter and between the the dogs that appear there in horrible condition and my ITC work and, and other work and my household work and the cats and my dog Fini to it. It's I'm so tired and the ITC work. Takes a lot of energy. And the, and the interviews and, and you know. So I'm so tired. This first I I, I need to rest. And then perhaps work in ITC also from that right. side and and also welcome welcome and console mistreated animals yes because they would you certainly know, need a friendly face after their times here well yes yes and that that worries me a lot you know but some of them go through here it's undescribable it's ridiculous yeah yeah. Yeah. But Darren, when and just to to finish, perhaps when uh, years ago, yes, it's seven uh, eleven years ago, there was a very famous um, fado singer in Portugal. Fado, you know, fado, the national. Well, some call it the national song. I don't. Yeah, I like it. Not not extremely, but anyway. She was well known all over the world. Amalia, Amalia, if you are too young to remember Amalia. Mm -hmm. Amalia, she was considered the top voice of the Fado. And she died when I was already here in this, in this house. And I was already receiving Rio do Tempo direct radio voices contact. Perhaps in 1,000, uh, 1,000, 1999, year 1,000, 1999, she died, I'm not sure, can check in the internet, many things about her, but I was sad because she had been in my house in the United States when I lived there, I knew her personally, she is, what she has, because she still does, the voice is everywhere. A magnificent voice and I was very sad so I asked my communicators exactly what you are asking me when Amalia uh, she had died the day before let's say uh, what will reaches your world what will she do there and they said when because there is a period of rest between this world and the next one isn't it when Amalia reaches our world she will sing in Rio do Tempo I said that's very that's perfect because that's what <laughs> that's did. what she'd love to do that's what, mm -hmm. she liked. that's what she wanted that's what she did best above everything else she will sing of course she will sing I thought this was a wonderful reply, mm. yeah.
You mentioned a period of rest. That's that's something I haven't heard before. Um, I usually look at things like near-death experiences and, and experiences like that, where people just come out of their body and straight away move on to the next life or the next dimension. So what's, what have, do you, have you heard about the, this? The, well, because, well, you see, uh, to see, let me see if I can tell you exactly what I think without making a mistake. Okay. Those people that you say go through a near-death experience, they did not die, did they? No, they did not die because they came back, yeah? Or they were resuscitated, whatever, okay. So they say, describe you this tunnel, what they've seen and so on. They had a vision, apparently they had a vision of that next dimension, but it didn't stay there. So this period of rest, as we are told, we ITC operators is between this and the next world. They had a vision, but they returned. They didn't stay there. So they had a glimpse no, no. Of, of what the world was to they be. Had a but... mm -hmm. Exactly. But they were not really dead. If they were dead, they would be buried or cremated, of course. Uh, so they had a glimpse, exactly but did not remain there. Mm. So what, what they saw may have been accurate as to what they would, they will experience when they oh, die, yeah, but only sure, after. Sure. I think so. Yeah. I think so. In, in many cases, yes. Because there are also cases of, um, how do I say, very desperate near death experience, aren't there? Mm -hmm. There are there cases are of yeah. bad near death experiences. Yes. Yes. Negative, yes, very. Negative, that's mm. the word. It mm. come to me, yeah. So, well, this is, uh, we can't, uh, we shouldn't uh, want all this to be plain and clear, because it can't be, not for now. Besides, as they also have told us, we are not prepared for this, to understand all these processes. <laughs> all these ways so yes i can imagine we I've, can't I've, know I've... everything you know darren we yes. can't know everything no. and yes. i think as, as you say we're not designed to be able to cope with that because i'd imagine the the, the world exactly. beyond you know, far beyond the science as we understand it to be would be so different to anything we can imagine it would be exactly. it would be like living in an alien world with different values different civilizations different understandings of morality and life different beings different laws different laws of physics entirely laws. they told me but there are many laws they also told me and some don't allow them to communicate or to reply to certain questions as it had as it happened to me for instance to me we are not allowed to reply to that they have told me yeah Permission is very important, and hierarchies also. But they are hierarchy, hierarchy, yeah, hierarchies of a different kind also. So everything is of a different kind. Once I asked, uh, "What does your world uh, look like?" and they said. A world very similar to yours, but much 
more, much more beautiful, but beautiful was said in a sense that it comprised everything. Yeah. Not only, not only beauty, physical beauty, yeah. which I, I'm sure it also is. I think it must be difficult to describe something indescribable in human words. Exactly. Mm.